All right, here we go. So now we, we discussed, mostly last time we discussed the Arvo Malchus. We only touched on uh, Edom towards the end, so I want to revisit uh, just the fourth exile briefly. Um, so we mentioned that the fourth exile gets its own separate dream, and that's because... Um, it's the embodiment of the all the lacks and all the drives that you, that you have in the first three exiles all put together, which means you know, the, the drives exist inside the body of the person himself. So there is the the drives, and then there's the, the, the there's the Russia, right? The Russia, which is why, by the way, throughout you know, innumerable places of Chazal. Rome is referred to as Malchus HaRosha, the, the evil uh, empire. So that's uh, that's from this. Um, so so there's a there's a, actually a Machlaikis and the Midrash, Machlaikis, Biyochnan and Reish Lakish. What is the relationship between the fourth exile of Edom and the first three? Um, Rabbi Yochanan says that it corresponds that it has the same weight so to speak as all three of them put together and as like we said that in the dream that all three of them were in one dream and then uh, then Daniel had another dream and, and that was and that was just the fourth beast that's the equivalent and like we said it's a beast it doesn't have any it's not a lion it's not a bear it's not a leopard it, it, it's a monster right it's a uh, it's all the teeth and claws and everything of of uh, of them without the cute cuddly part. Right? Lions can be cute, bears can be cute, leopards can be cute. Uh, a beast is not cute. There's not, nothing cute about it. Hmm? Hmm? So that's uh, that's that's the opinion of Rabbi Yochan. Reish Lakish says no. It's more than all three of them put together, and. The svara of that is, like we know, Pasuk and Kahelus, Rishlakish, the bar plucked over the oaken. So the Pasuk and Kahelus says, Hachut Hamishulish Lobim Hera Yinotik. Right? The uh, a three, the threefold, um, a three braided uh, rope will not quickly tear. Right now, uh, we very often use that in relation to the Avos HaKadoshim, Avram, Isaac, and Yaakov, right? Which, by the way, also, of course, represent uh, the correct usage of the three uh, drives that a person has or the, or the um, subjugation thereof to Avodos HaShem. Um, I was going to ask what the opposites of all of those those mm-hmm. midas that each one has is the connected yeah so the, uh, Abraham uh, is usually corresponds to the body he is uh, taking care of people's physical needs feeding them etc Yitzchak right? uh, is the emotions is Pachat Yitzchak the, the trepidation of Yitzchak 
and uh, and and Yaakov is a seichel. Right. Uh, I'm talking about with the Midas Adin defense against as against Hashem, with Hashem was planning to destroy Klaus or the negotiation. Okay, so each time Yosef oil sitting and learning, right? Okay, so um, so there. Why is it that a threefold, three braided uh, rope doesn't quickly tear? Anybody know? We got a guy in construction over here. I mean, three is like. Uh Okay, but in general, why is a braided rope, a braided rope in general, stronger than? Yeah, just a braid. The minimum for braid is three. If if it's not, if you don't have three, it's a twist. It's not a braid. Exactly, they're all helping each other. What? Yeah, they're all exponential. Right, right. So, right. So the Maral says, for example, the Gemara Sota says that. The amount of weight the two people can carry is significantly more than double of what a single person can carry, right? Um, basically, you help each other out, you balance each other out, etc., right? So, um, so, so here too, with these forces, with the three forces, right? So each one by itself has its own weakness. It can be brought down, you know, from, from, from whichever side that it's weak on, right? But... The, but when all three of them come together, so each one complements the other one, and so you you come out with a, overall a much stronger. It's an alloy, right? It's a, you take take the strong the strongest aspect of, of all three. They put them all together. They balance each other out, and the thing becomes almost uh, indestructible, right? So we have that's one thing. If there's a, a yitzhara of uh, you know, seeking, let's say, pride or honor or whatever. That's one thing. There's another thing, Yitzhahara of Taiva, right? Uh, there's another Yitzhahara of Seichel. But when they all come together, so the Seichel justifies the Taiva and the Taiva drives the covered and the covered, you know, like they're all working together, it makes it uh, much more powerful. So that's the, um, that's the fourth exile that we're in today, by the way, right? So people... People often ask, like, get it, we, we defeated them, didn't, didn't we defeat the Greeks? It's over, I mean, it's nice historical background, you know, what was that exile, you know, how do we defeat it, but who cares, let's move on, let's talk about the fourth exile, right, right? Dunfurim, what are you so focused on with the, uh, you know, talking about the Akashverish and the, the, the Persian exile, right? The answer is because they, because in the fourth exile, they've all come back resurrected as a threefold rope. That's why we have to understand that exile. We have to understand how we defeated it because now we have to fight against all three of them simultaneously. And like the evil version. Of was it the positive, those positive aspects that took us out of those exiles? Um, was there some catalyst that... Yeah, so being there is going to be a better way to deal with each one. Right. Not, but not necessarily the direct... Uh, not using that that meter, 
Right. There seems to be no chag to represent Lava. Rome is all put together. Yeah. The Machlokas between Rebekah and Rishlokash, when it says that the fourth one is even worse, what, when you say worse, can we quantify what, what, is, what does worse mean? Me is the power of all three. I mean, was just saying that it's the power of all three of them combined. Yeah. So take each one of them, how much each one weighs, put them together, that's how much this one is. But that's not the rope. And so Rish Lakish said, no, 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 it's much worse. The boss, the boss, they're arguing in Droshas of Psukim, in, uh, in, in Navi, um, Yechesko, so, so, uh, Rish Lakish says, no, but it says, Kaf, Kaf al Kaf, Kaf. Kaf al Kaf means hand on hand, so that means it matches, that's what Rabbi Yochanan is saying, it matches, the all of them put together, it matches. And Rish Lakish says, yeah, but it also says Kaf, means doubled over. So not that it's just repeating the same thing, kafal kaf kafal, but rather it means patching, but it's doubled over. So they're talking about the scope of how how, how magnified. This yeah. Is. Yeah. Okay. Fine. So that was that was the fourth exile. Let's let's uh, now that was enough of a hagdam. I just wanted to make sure we understand where we are today and why it's so crucial that we should understand well the Yitzhahara of the. Greek exile and how Yidin fought against it because that's basically today we're going to discuss what Yavan is next week we'll discuss how Yidin fought against it that's the that's the plan that's the shot okay so here we go so I want to remind you uh, the vision the, the, the information that we have from Daniel's dream about Yavan yeah, just make a summary of what, what we know about Yavan so, as far as the beasts are concerned, it's represented as a um, four-winged, four-headed leopard. Um, and then as far as the, the metals are concerned, it is the, it, it's represented by bronze. Okay? So, what are these... Uh, so first, just the concept of a leopard. So leopard, like we know, the mission of Perkyavah says, Hadi Oz Kenemer, a person should be brazen like a leopard, right? So leopard is the epitome of brazenness. Um, leopards, literally, they are tremendously versatile. They they swim, they climb, they, they, they'll, they'll climb walls. They'll climb over like tall walls, fences. Um, you know, they'll... They'll dig under things. They'll they'll swim over canals like they're like unstoppable. A leopard. And, um, they're, they're they're very they're very intelligent animals, and uh, they're extremely brazen. The stories of uh, leopards breaking into a chicken coop, like a huge chicken coop, and killing like hundreds of chickens. 
like all of them, just killing like 300 chickens. Like a leopard cannot eat 300 chickens. He can't even eat 10 chickens. Maybe 10 you could, but but 20 chickens he's not gonna be able to eat, right? So you're killing 300 chickens, right? What what's the point of killing 300 chickens? What? Because because they're chickens. He kills chickens. That's what, right. So they're they're not gonna stand in his way, right? I mean, this is uh, that's brazenness, right? So. Um, you know, Alexander uh, conquered an empire that was way bigger than he could control. Right? But it makes no difference. It, it, it's not about it's not about control. Right? Um, uh, Nebuchadnezzar wanted power. He wanted the power. Meaning he conquered in order to gain more power. Ahasuerus wanted money. Alexander wanted the conquest itself, meaning to to have conquered new land that was not conquered until now. Without any benefit in it. That's the brazenness of a leopard. Uh, 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 someone who's brazen will get into uh, into a conflict or, or, or attack or, or put someone else down even though they, they, they themselves benefit nothing from it. Oh, so in what way is the Seichel brazen? So, Usher, you won't be able to understand that. <laughs> so uh, tell me the truth. What, what, when you hear someone say that to you, what, what do you think right away? I think that I could <laughs> give it an opportunity. Very good. Okay. And that, by the way, has anybody, has anybody heard the Mishnah, Lo Habayshin Lo Made? The Habayshin. Um, I, the, no, no, Baishan, Baishan, the opposite of Baishan. Uh, someone who is, uh, who is uh, embarrassed. Someone, uh, Baishan is someone who is embarrassed. Right? Who, who is, uh, what? So he, he, he cannot learn. He, 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 bashful, thank you. Someone who is bashful doesn't learn. Right? That's what the Mishnah says. So... You, I'm sure you guys heard that Mishnah quote in the past. Yeah, I said it to you exactly. Um, so, so the simple understanding of it is the simple understanding. Of it, the way Rashi explains that Mishnah in Perkiavos is because you're going to be afraid to ask the question. You're going to be afraid to say, "Well, you know, I, sorry, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying." So you'll end up not having a good understanding of things. But the truth is. That's not an absolute statement. Maybe he could learn. Let's say a person literally can't get two words out of his mouth, right? I'll give you guys an example. He can't get two words out of his mouth. He's so bashful. He's so shy. He's so shy. Maybe it's a good word. He's so shy. He's so bashful, right? He can't get two words out of his mouth. But he takes the textbook and he reads the textbook and he doesn't understand. He reads it again and he goes back. He takes the dictionary, takes out the words, starts looking up the words, goes get a different textbook, learns... Yeah, and you know, eventually, if he still can't understand, he'll write a note. He'll slip it under the door, right? That person is brazen. He may be have difficulty speaking in public or whatever, it is, right? But the brazenness is the brazenness that that Usher just demonstrated. Is I can understand this. 
you mean three times already you tried to understand you can't understand so what there's no reason why I can't maybe I'm lacking some basic background information maybe you haven't explained it enough to me right maybe I haven't worked hard enough but if I exert myself if I apply myself enough if I gather enough information or whatever it is right then theoretically I should be able to understand it that's brazenness right which means your mind is refusing to accept any boundary this may be jumping ahead, but what's the difference between the brazenness of the leopard and Claudius uh, Rose called the brazen people, brazen that? Wow. Perfect. Okay, you are jumping ahead. We will be going there shortly, but that's exactly where we're going. Call it, call it. Beautiful. Okay. Would you say um, agreeableness, disagreeableness? So that, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm pointing out. It's not so much um, the, the way that people tend to think of it is like, listen, you have to be kind of assertive enough to ask the question. A Baishan is someone that when he encounters resistance, he's told, you can't go here. He says, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, the door is closed. Oh, okay, I'll back. Uh, someone who is brazen says, no, I'm going there. I got to figure out a way. I'll cut a hole in the wall. I'll you know, I do whatever I got to do, but I'm getting in there. The intellect, if you come in with it, with the attitude of that there's nothing I can't understand, that's Seichel. So a Baishan is someone who is not an intellectual person. He's not Seichli. That's not, I didn't mean that by you. I meant the Bosh of But someone who... He encounters an idea that's difficult to understand. He says, oh, okay, I won't understand this one. And moves back, right? He's not sikhli. Yeah, he's not, he's not intellectual. Because intellect in, recognizes no boundaries. For the simple reason that I can fly right now with all of you from here to the coastal. Boom, I'm there, right? We just did that in, in, in one second. We go anywhere. There's no boundaries to the mind. I could grab the entire globe in my mind right now. Boom, I just did that. I just grabbed it. Right? So size, distance, uh, all, all these things. So it's a matter. Now I have to overcome it. I have to figure out how, how to do it or whatever it is, right? But so for the mind, so something physically could be impossible, but for the mind it's not impossible. A, a Baishan accepts Baishan, yeah. Baishan, you tell him. Hey, you, what are you doing here? He says, oh, okay, I don't belong here. He backs away. Brazen says, no, I'm going to be here. So a Baishan can't learn because he, because he's not intellectual. Whereas someone who's brazen in his learning, he's coming, he, his cycle is assertive. His mind is saying, I can get this thing. And that is the characteristic of the mind. The mind always says that. Just if the person, the mind is kind of a... Uh, a weaker part of himself that the mind is not the dominant force let's say his emotions are the, are the dominant force or whatever it is right he has lack so uh, lack in self-esteem and self-confidence right but but uh, so then he encounter a difficult problem what's he going to do back away back away but we're defining intellectual as being able to go beyond boundaries to figure out what... That's not the definition of intellectual, but it's a characteristic of intellect. Characteristic, okay. Yeah? So that's why intellect is described as, as being a brazen leopard. Okay? Now, why is it that, that Yavan specifically set out 
to uproot and to destroy the Torah? Well, the answer is, this is another Chachma. Right? It's a Chachma. So there can't be a Chachma that I, that I don't have. Right? Any wisdom that there is, my mind should be able to understand. Should be able to grasp. Well, what if someone tells you this is not for you? What do you mean? What? what do you mean this is not for me? Right? I'm going to break pierces. Who parts to homos migdalai. Right? We say that in... In, uh, in what? Um, in... Uh, no. Thank you. Also. So, uh, so, so, so they, they, they breached the walls of the base of Mikdash in 13 places, right? Which means absolute breach. Means there's not any territory that is sacred, that there is, there is beyond, that, that, that the mind can't go to. Everything can be explored, everything can be understood. Right, Moshe? Um, you're only limited by your own imagination. That's right. You and Alexander. Okay. So, um, and how much more so? So again, so any chokma to be beyond their reach would be a problem, especially if you say that this chokma is greater than their chokma, which is the seichel loki, is divine, is divine wisdom, divine, divine knowledge. Um, that, is, that, is that a significant thing that there was they wanted to learn Torah and they said no or is this better and you can't you know how badly they wanted to learn Torah they're the ones that demanded right, you, you've heard of the Septuagint what Septuagint it's Greek for the 70 say so the seven, so the, uh, well, the, 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 the the Greek king he, he forced the right, 70 sages to translate the Torah into Greek Right? No other king did that. Why? The other king said, listen, this is your wisdom, this is your thing, you do your thing, right? Nebuchadnezzar said, oh, yeah, fine, uh, you, know, you can have your thing, I don't care. As long as it doesn't take away from my power, or as long as it doesn't take away from my money, from, from, my, from my pleasure, right? But, but, but for Yavan, no, you can't have a wisdom that's inaccessible to us. It has to be translated to Greek. Did they know that their wisdoms come from the Torah ultimately? The what? That their, their, all their chakmas came from the Torah ultimately? Did they know that? You know, you, you, you just imagine how they would react if they heard you say that. Right? In other words, what you're saying is that the ultimate wisdom. Yeah, not going to go overwhelming. Okay? So, uh, so we know that Kazal uh, Darshan, the Posuk of... Yafas Elokim, Yafas Elokim, Yafas Shochen Beohale Shame that that Yafas uh, will dwell in the tents of shame. What does that mean? It means that the Greek um, language is the only language that is so sikhli that it's actually kosher to have a Sefer Torah written in Greek. You, you, you could use Greek letters to write a Sefer Torah, you could lay it. Yeah, we've lost it today, whatever, they don't know, they, they don't have the original Greek anymore, you can't do it practically, you can't do it. But, uh, but, but, the, but the Mishnah is the Megillah, say that, it, that that's a language that you could write Sefer Kodesh in Greek. Means that it's, they're shy. They, 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 they could have something, right? 
and therefore they demand entry, they demand access. That's the, that's the brazenness of, of Yom. Um, but obviously we know that the Torah is not to be found amongst the nations, right? Like the Pasuk and Eicha says, Malka Bisharim Begoyim Ein Torah Right, so even though they took the kingship from us, they took lordship from us, but Torah there is not amongst the Goyim. Right? And then in the future, um, right, uh, someone tells you, Chochma Yesh Begoyim Tamin, I believe it, uh, there, there is wisdom amongst the nations, but Torah Begoyim, begoyim that, that, that you don't have. Okay, so now to Jordi's point. Exactly. So Azus is the characteristic of uh, in, uh, of intelligence, right, of intellect, and that's why clouds are, are described as being Azim, right? We are. Uh, Rabbi Meir says, "Why was the Torah given to clouds? Azim, right? we're brazen. Uh, we're so brazen. That the Gemara Basin says that if not for the Torah, so to speak, subjugating our fiery uh, nature." So no nation could stand up against us, right? We, and by the way, you look, you look at Jews that leave the Torah, right? And they go on to, you know, half of the half of the police bureau, you know, in uh, in in uh, Lenin's uh, inner cabinet. There were, more, there were more Jews there than non-Jews. Yeah, there's literally the, the, the and uh, and then. You know, in American capitalism and in uh, Hollywood and in any, wherever you go, right? They're, they're there. It's like, look at this, there's like hundreds of millions of Jews in the world. Like, just, anywhere you turn, there's Jews, right? In the, uh, in the upper echelons. Why? Because they're brazen. They refuse to acknowledge a limitation. Other people say, oh, okay, that's not that's for other people. It's not for me. Uh, Jews don't do that. So, but, so... So Hashem gave us an Eish Das. Eish Das Lamo. He gave us a fiery Torah, fiery law. Fire is the, is, is the brazen thing. Fire spreads, it doesn't acknowledge any boundary, it spreads. Fire is uh, very powerful as far as, you know, speed and, uh, and spreading. It's not so powerful if you, if you were to encounter water, right? Or even you dump a bunch of earth on it. It goes out. It's not compared to Bavel or compared to Paras. Yavon was not particularly strong, but the speed with which they conquered their empire was mind-boggling. Right? That's the brazenness of of the leopard. It's a nair. What's that? It needs a nair. Nair? The fire needs a nair. Oh, the fire it needs to be rooted okay, again. Therefore, what? Fire needs to be coming from a candle, yeah, and therefore what? Oh, you say to to be kept in a certain confines. Wow. Okay, you're. I did not get that reference. You're now foreshadowing towards the end of the sefer. I mean, the mitzvah of Hanukkah. But let's. Your your is on fire. What? <laughs> brazen, brazen. Careful. Yeah. What was the largest of the by geographical spread Robert wants to listen in okay um, 
I I don't know. I'd have to look into it. Um, okay, so that is, and, and then obviously the leopard has four wings on its back, right? Now, if I ask you, you know, how far is it from here to I know, Michigan? Um, to where Michigan you want to go. Um, to where I would be going, it would be a little over two hours. Two hours. Yeah. Now, is that, are, are you talking, are you telling me distance by car, or are you telling me distance as a bird flies? Uh, distance by car, but that would be if I was driving. If he was driving, it would be like an hour and 45 minutes. If I was flying. Yeah. And if you were flying, what, isn't there a part of Michigan that you just go straight across Lake Michigan like, and you could be there like a, by boat? You could go by boat really quick? By boat, you can't. It would take longer. What? It would take longer by boat. Anyway, my, my point is that if you're going by car... You go like this, a circuitous route, you encounter a wall, you got to go around, there's traffic, right? All sorts of things, right? A bird doesn't have any obstacles. When a bird flies, there's nothing in the way. It just goes. That's what we're saying. The seichel doesn't recognize any boundary. There's a wall, no problem. You fly right over. Right? So it means spreading and spreading in all four directions. Four wings on his back means spreading in all four directions. Four heads of the leopard facing all four directions. Recognizing no boundaries, going everywhere. Uh, last year, Hanukkah time, we spoke about the awesome Gemara in Talmud, about Alexander Macedon um, crossing over the mountains of darkness, being taught a lesson by the women over there. Um, if, uh, if you want, you can, you, can get the, you can get the recording, but that's like the epitome, the epitome of the Greek leopard. Okay? Um, um, the, we're going to talk about one more thing before we get into what they did, before the decrees that they made. First, we're just pointing out um, the material that corresponds to Greece is what? Copper, bronze. It's the same material. Copper and bronze is the same material. It's, uh, uh, bronze is... Uh, copper is an alloy. It's bronze with, with a little bit of something else added to it. But, it, but, it's, but it's basically bronze. Uh, what? Third place. Oh, very good. Yeah, you say they, 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 they were aware of the dream of, of Nebuchadnezzar. Gold, silver, bronze. Okay, but um, so bronze is an interesting metal. Number one, bronze is. Um, let's contrast bronze, which is represents Yavon, with the fourth beast had what had um, iron teeth that ground everything up, right? How is there is an iron and bronze? So bronze um, is very easy to work with, very light, and takes an edge very quickly. You can make a sharp, you can make a sharp very easily, very quickly. Iron is actually very difficult to make an iron implement sharp, right? Um, but once you do, it's almost indestructible. And the thing with iron is, iron just crushes and destroys everything, right? Bra a bronze sword is very sharp, 
but if you start trying to like break rocks with it, forget it, right? It's gonna it's, it's gonna get it's gonna get broken in a second, right? So it's gonna lose its edge if you hit the wrong thing. It's gonna lose its edge. So bronze is very light, very quick, right? But not that strong. So it's not something that destroys, that crushes up. It's something that cuts. Okay. The Greek armies uh, used bronze. And again, they were they were fast, right? Spread through the world that speed. You, you're not gonna. The Romans used a lot more uh, used a lot more iron. Iron is way heavier than bronze. Um, yeah, very slow, very methodical, right? Rome, the Roman conquest took hundreds of years, right? People want to know how big was the Roman Empire. Well, it depends, you know, which which which. Uh, Century? Are you talking right? Uh, the Greek Empire spread like a like a like a forest fire. Yeah. So that's the um, that's bronze again. The brazenness, bronze, bra- brazenness. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure of the connection in that. Um, but that's um, so the chokma, uh intellect refuses to accept any boundaries and. It goes right. Uh, Homer is in the spoil, as we spoke about with the with the Bishan, A physical person is you bark at him and he, he takes a step back, right? As opposed to um, as opposed to Seichel, which is a poil, which is active. It's it, it's going, refusing to accept boundaries. Okay. So now that was that was like the, the description. Now, what did they do? What did, what did the, what did the Greeks do to us? So we spoke about name shall you soil with their with their decrees. And what was the worst decree that they made for us? That's mentioned over and over. Midrashim, Midrash Vayik, Bikaraba, those others. What did they do? Um, they made a decree that we had to write. Kisvu lachem al keren ashor, ein ein le Yisrael chelik beloke Yisrael. You have to write on the horn of an ox that you have no portion in the God of Israel. Um, I'm not sure what the threat was. Seemingly there was probably some sort of a threat because otherwise you can use. <laughs> Dismiss the decree, but uh, <laughs> not. Uh, but the, but the point is, they're making decrees. See, we're not trying to get anything out of it. It's not like uh, you know Nebuchadnezzar or Achishverosh. Pay me taxes, or you know, or whatever it is. Turn over to me, or you know, break down your walls so that you're more vulnerable. Whatever. It's 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 it was a it was a ideological xera. Uh, an ideological decree. Um, so we just talk about that today. What what was it? Why on the horn of a, of of, a, of an axe? The way of no. What Jordy's got to figure it out? 
Bayern of a horn and the black. Axel Brazen represented by an ox no you ox um just throwing out things again yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have to remember right that the, um, remember the, what I said last week <laughs> that the, the, the an analogy the similar comment that a particular role that something plays within you know, that, that were used as a must something depends on what the what the context within which we're speaking. Yes. Okay. So Yosef wouldn't wouldn't actually wouldn't this is partial, right? Yaakovinu sends to Asaph, right? So he says to him a message, right? That he has a shore of a chamor, shore that's Yosef, chamor that's Yehuda, right? So good, but. Uh, uh, not sure, maybe, maybe related. I have to think about it. But uh, so says there's an unbelievable Gemara in Brachas on the Vlamid base. The Gemara darshans the following pasuk. Pasuk says, "Toymer Tzion Azavani Hashem Vashem Shechachani Hashem You've abandoned me, Hashem You've forgotten me." So the Gemara asks, "What's those two things? You've abandoned me, forgotten me, same thing." He says, "No, no." And tells us whole dialogue that's happening with Klausra and Hashem. After the churban, that Klaus will say to Hashem that you know, even a person divorces his first wife, he remarries, he still remembers her. But you, you, know, you not only you divorced us, but you don't even remember us. She was Shalom. Pastor continues. Does a mother forget her child? I, I'll never. I won't forget you. So Klaus will say to Hashem also. So if you don't forget, so then you'll. So then you won't forget. Our sins as well uh, with the Cheta Eagle. And Hashem says, No, no, that I will forget. Um, so, so, so if you forget that, so then you'll forget us also. So, no, that, no that you I won't forget. <laughs> Funny back and forth going on. Yeah? So, so first of all, um, the discussion here is what the Hashem says no 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 the, a mother doesn't forget her child I mean there's a fundamental connection between you and you and me right uh, it can't be forgotten what is that so the Gemara says it's the carbonus that we brought to Hashem when we were in the midbar right Lechtech uh, Acharai Be'eris Lozerua you went after me in a, in a land that's not sown you're walking in a desert not only that but you're bringing carbonus to me right it means in the very beginning of our existence we're displaying such Um, okay, so I guess we, we're going to have to come back to explain this Gemara next time. That will show us the fundamental attack that the, the, the Yvonne made against us. Then we'll get into the base of Migdish, the Kohanim, and, uh, uh, and, and the battle of Hulu Hashem next week.